You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Aging Starts Now. I'm Barbara McGinnis, partner and certified elder law attorney at Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law. Older Americans having intimate relationships well into their 70s and 80s has raised logistical and legal issues for families, caretakers, and institutions they call home. What about the emotional family complications that occur when new love is found in an assisted living or nursing home facility? Joining us for this discussion is Elder Care Coordinator Patty Bedwell with Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law. Welcome, Patty. Hey, Barbara. So in your past life, before Takis McGinnis, you were a long-term care ombudsman. And so I know you've had lots of experience, um, you know, helping people come to terms with this particular issue, right? I mean, it happens. It does. It does. It's just a part of the human condition, actually. Um, And it's part of what brings us joy in life, too. So if two single people that have capacity form a relationship in an assisted living or nursing home, what rights do they have to express that relationship, particularly in an intimate way? Well, actually, residents in an assisted living facility, they have the same rights that they had prior to moving into the facility. So, you know, yes, two single people do have the right to to engage in a relationship. And it really hinges on capacity, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's that's really like the the crux of the situation here. If two people have capacity and they want to have a relationship they can have a relationship. And the facility has no obligation to, to intervene. That's exactly right. There's no reason that they have to get their families involved. If it's two consenting adults, then it's two consenting adults. And that's, you know, that's what they're doing. Um, so the problem comes in when there is that diminished capacity. And then what, what are we supposed to do at that point? How much diminished is diminished enough to, to intervene when, when it may not be consensual any longer? So um, what if someone else has power of attorney and they disapprove? Well, again, right now we're talking about someone with, uh, um, if someone has capacity, the power of attorney doesn't give them authority or even actually uh For any person, a a durable power of attorney doesn't give authority over the person, you know, so they don't really have the authority to forbid the relationship. But there are, you know, things that they, there's a lot of things to consider, especially if you're talking with, talking about residents who don't have capacity. Well, if they they don't have 
capacity or they don't have full capacity, then what's the relationship, the facility's obligation to um, supervise? Well, I think it, it, my experience has showed me that when people are seeking a relationship, a close relationship with another resident, they're usually looking for something. There is some un, unmet need that they're having. Maybe they're just lonely. Maybe they're looking for companionship. And maybe it's easier for them to get that companionship from someone with the same kind of capacity issues that they have, someone that's just like them. So I, I would often tell facilities to kind of look to see beyond just that relationship. You know, what are they looking for? Is it just closeness? That's great. Um, <clears throat> when you talk... Uh, yeah, I was going to say that sometimes when we're talking about some very impaired capacity, they may be uh, missing their spouse. They're just lonely over the loss of their spouse, and they don't know how to express that. So they think another resident is their spouse. They just they just want it's what you're talking about, looking beyond the symptom of what you're seeing and helping that person express their feelings or another way, another outlet. Is that fair? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's very well put. Um, but just, it's, it's really simple if we're talking about two consenting adults with capacity. It doesn't matter if family members disapprove. It doesn't matter if someone has power of attorney. Um, it's, it's just in that gray area. And perhaps we've also tried to describe the, the complete converse of that. If there is no capacity, the other end of that spectrum, looking to what needs are they trying to fill? How can we... Uh, relate to them and redirect them. It's that, it's always the gray area that we struggle with, right? It's always that in between where there is somewhat diminished capacity, then, um, then what do we do? Uh, Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, Families have decisions to make about those kinds of things as well. You know, what, what, I guess, you know, I would always caution families or encourage families to just kind of look, what type of relationship are they engaging in? You know, are they trying to have a physical relationship or are they just spending time together? Um, and, And look, what happens if the two residents are separated? Is there any negative impact? You know, sometimes... Uh, I know sometimes for me, if it was my loved one, I might prefer that they be sitting next to this person and maybe even holding their hand as opposed to being sad and lonely when I'm not there. Because as a family member, I'm there just a little while, you know. So it's a lot of... um, well, it's a whole lot of gray. It, it, it really is a whole lot of gray. Um, but we always, the thing that has to always stay at the forefront is what's best for the resident. How are these things affecting the resident? And what 
you know, what do we need to do to enhance and make that resident's life better? Um, so I think what I'm hearing and what I'm hearing you say and what I've said is there's, there's layers to, to this and you have to not make a knee jerk reaction, but uh, analyze the situation carefully. I think maybe what the other thing that can be difficult is if the two residents are of differing levels of capacity, one has more capacity than the other, making sure we're not taking, there's someone's not taking advantage of another person. Um, okay, so back to our little hypothetical residents with capacity, consensual relationship, they now are in love and they want to get married. Have you ever seen that happen? Um, yes, I have. <laughs> and did you host the ceremony at your facility? Um, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. But I have been at facilities where residents have gotten married. I've been at a nursing home uh, where two residents met and got married. And then again, um, at an assisted living facility. And in, in both instances, families were on board in all accounts. And it was really quite a, uh, um, it was really a nice thing to see because you don't, as, as one of them actually told me, you don't expect to find love at my age and you certainly don't expect to find it when you go into a facility. So, um, yeah, I have seen, seen those things work out. So when you were talking about marriage, it's not just about resident rights and about uh, quality of life. It is a legal issue at that point in time. And, you know, at any point in time when there's a marriage, things need to be analyzed from a practical financial standpoint. How do we protect assets? Because living, uh, if there are assets to protect, Mm -hmm. Um, so these people should definitely be encouraged to seek counsel and maybe not just a general practitioner or a uh, family attorney, because very rarely, this, uh, we've said it many times, a prenuptial agreement is not going to be enough to protect one person's assets uh, from 10 care for their spouse. So we need something more than that if we want to protect assets. So definitely seek legal advice there before getting married. I don't think that happens very frequently. I might be surprised if no, someone said that that happened very quickly. Um, then probably it, you know, maybe all family members are not going to be great in accepting of this situation. Should they seek maybe some, a counselor, if not a legal counselor, a counselor counselor, if they're having trouble with their family member's decision uh, and relationship. Sometimes it's hard to see mom or dad, uh, quote unquote, replaced, even if you are an older adult yourself. That, that, that's exactly right. That brings the kid out in a lot of us. Um, so, yes, it is. I think it's very important uh, for families to have support uh, 
um, especially when you're talking about situations like this, my first line of assistance will always be with the facility staff. Um, and then I, I also encourage people to join some of the um, support groups. Some of the online support groups for caregivers are really, really very good. And, you know, they have all sorts of topics and people that have, that have been through these things. And there's all kinds of good information and good support that family members can get and to help them make good decisions when it comes to relationships for their loved ones. Um, just to pick out something that, I, that you said, there's online support groups? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, There's a a group that I look at quite frequently because of the questions that they pose. And I like to read their their answers. And, you know, uh, it's aging care. Okay. And, um, in fact, right before I, I started on this podcast, you know, I went to aging care. And they even have a search bar so you can put in your topic. Um, if you're looking for that now aging cares does offer online support. They don't have like support group meetings per se, but you can post your question and then you get the supportive feedback and then you can look up a topic like sexual relationships and facilities, and it'll bring up, you know, just several question and answers, and then um, also, you know, resources that you can go to for additional information. Okay, so I just went to agingcare.com. It does look like you need to log in, create a membership login. I assume this is free for users. And yes. Yes. All right. So don't get, don't get discouraged if you actually go to, to that site. And I'm sure there's many others like Patty was saying. Well, anyway, Thanks, Patty. There's not easy answers for this. It's just keeping an only mi- an open mind and analyzing the situation, and uh, stepping back out of maybe your your child role. You know the the feelings that you have as a child, but look at it as an open minded as an adult and analyze the situation with the professionals at the facility. Anything else, Patty? No, that sounds great. I do encourage everybody to just get the support that they need and to ask, just always reach out. You know, we're, we're, we're all in this kind of together. And just reach out for help if you need it. All right. Well, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Take Us McGinnis is a life care planning law firm helping families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com document downloads, the Take Us McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there, free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. 
we would love your feedback on the show. Aging starts now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness. 